this morning I want to continue, uh, Lindsay, in Acts chapter 20, verse number 32. And if you want to turn there, Acts chapter 20, verse number 32. And I want to talk a little bit more about attaching ourselves and cleaving to the, to the Word of God and to the body of Christ and to one another, that we need to do that. In Acts chapter 20, verse number uh, 32, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. You know, the word of God makes very clear that we're saved by grace, by faith, through grace, right? But not in any merit that we did, but God loved us. God so loved the world that He gave what? His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish. The Bible says it's not God's desire that any man or woman or child should perish, but all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God is a Savior. He wants to redeem your life, save your life, and not just to save you, but to take you out of darkness into His marvelous light, to take you from that place of death and put you into a place of life, of living, where God can then give you beauty for ashes, where He can make something beautiful come out of your life. Who else can do that but the Lord? And so it's the Word of grace. We have to understand that it's the Word of grace that is working in our lives. That the Lord Jesus came into our lives not because, again, not of anything we've done or who we are because we have a great title, because we have this, because we've been wonderful people, because we have it. We haven't been wonderful people before the Lord came into our lives. And even now we, we, we have to daily strive to be good. Right? Even with the help and the Spirit of God in us, and even with the Word of God in us, we have to daily make an effort, a daily choice to do good, to live right, and, and to walk in the ways of the Lord. It do doesn't come on automatic. We're not just, we, we get the Lord in our lives and automatically we do good, automatically, uh, you know, we're walking in the right pathway, right? That doesn't happen, does it? God doesn't just close the doors and turn on automatic pilot and we just go, you know? We have to every day make choices that we have to be responsible for and accountable for. We have to choose to, to have the Lord in our lives and to follow Him and to walk in His ways. But it says the word of His grace, which is able to. Now why does it say able to? The word of God can if, if you give yourself over to receive the word of God, and take hold of the Word of God, have faith and believe it, if you do that, then it is able. If you reject the Word of God, if you don't believe the Word of God, if you don't put your faith in the Word of God, then the Word of God is not able to transform you and change you and make you to the person that God desires you to be. And God has a good plan for your life. But when we take hold of the Word of God, when we embrace it and say, yes, this is the living Word of God, and I choose to receive it, and I choose to believe it, I choose to take hold of it, and let it steer and direct my life. Then it is able to build you up. What is God's desire for your life? To tear you down? To, to let you know how terrible and awful you are and were? God's Word is to build you up. The Bible says He's the... I love it. He says He's the glory and the lifter 
of our heads. And we've got to keep that verse floating in our minds before. He's the glory and the lifter of our heads. God has come into our life to, me to make something beautiful out of our life. And not just for ourselves, because we are, he lives in us, and because he's concerned about one another. He's concerned about each and every one of us. So it's the word of grace that comes into our life, which is able to build us up, and not only build us up, but it gives us an inheritance, which we talked about. Our inheritance is what? The kingdom of heaven. We're inheritors. That's where we, we someday will be. But in the meantime, God is building us up here on this earth, but we know that even though we're being built up here, we have an inheritance ahead of us that is the kingdom of God, that our names are written in the Lamb's book of the life. We have an inheritance because God made a covenant with us. He made a, a surety, an agreement with us. If you believe and you're washed in the blood, your name is inscribed in the book and you have an inheritance, you will live eternally in the kingdom of heaven with the Lord your God for all the days of your life. But in the meantime, we have to live on the face of this earth. Yes. In the meantime, we've got to wake up every day, look in the mirror, and say, oh my God, my God. And then get out there and look at the people that we have to work with and live next to, and we say, oh my God, oh my God. But it is the Lord who builds us up as that work in us each and every day to help us along on the journey, and not only for us, so that we can be a help one to another in helping each other along on the journey. It's all done by the grace of God. God's Word, He continually throughout His Word explains it. That everything that we have been given, when the Lord comes into your life and we gives you one of those gifts, remember we said prop, the gift of prophecy, the gift uh, uh, to serve, right? The gift to teach, the gift to exhort, the gift of mercy, uh, all those gifts, those are given by God freely, by His grace. God didn't ask you, give you a questionnaire and say, okay, let me see what you qualify or fill out this form and I'll see which gift I can give you. God knit you together, fashioned you in the womb. He knows who you are, but he gives you a gift freely. And because he knows that you would be the best person to take that gift and, and use it and make it flow out of your life. God, is, God he's, he's perfect. He knows he's the master craftsman. So he knows that if he, if he gave me this gift, which I might want in the natural, he's going to say, no, that, that doesn't go with your makeup. That's not how I made you. But I made you to flow out of this gift. And so when we realize the giftings that we have and realize that it's given us by grace, we haven't earned it. We didn't go to school to say, okay, I qualify for that gift. No. Uh, my life experience qualifies me for this gift. No. It's the... Spirit of God, the way God made you, formed you, fashioned you, and breathed life into you, and said, here you are. And now God knows you. He, he put that gift in you, and he said, this is, I want this to flow out of your life, because I made you for this. I made you for that. And when you understand that, you know that you're valuable and precious, and that God had a special purpose for your life. And so he, he, he makes it clear that he wants to build us up to an inheritance. When you go to build something, what's the first thing you look for? Well, first you have to have an idea of what you want to build, right? Uh, a house, a dog house, you want to build a car, uh, whatever you want to build, you first have to say, have an idea of what it is you want to build, 
Then you've got to look, if you want to build uh, a table, you have to look for uh, the material. What, do you, what kind of table? You want a wooden table? So what are you going to go out and, and get? Wood. Wood, right? And you, you might, you know, whatever. You need the materials to get it. And then you have to uh, have the, t- the tools, the workers, the goal, and then you have the finished result. God, you know, God doesn't build us up with hammer and nails. God doesn't work in your life with a hammer and nail. Although some people think that when you hammer somebody, you're, you're building them up. When you hammer something, you're, you're, you know, if I got a hammer and start banging on this table, what's it going to do to the table if I keep banging on it? It's going to damage it, number one. It's going to put dents in it, right? It's going to be damaging to that. And it's eventually, if I hit it long enough and hard enough, or if it's fragile enough, what's going to happen? It's going to, it's going to break, right? Did you ever get a hammer and try to hit a nail and hit your thumb instead of the nail? Did you start laughing? <laughs> no, right? I had many a, many a throbbing thumb, you know, thumb going like that because and I missed the nail. But God doesn't work, God doesn't build us up with hammer and nail. God doesn't miss the nail and, and hit us and say, ow! You know, God works, He builds us up with spiritual things, with things like love. You know, God lays down in our life the foundation. If you build a house, a house needs a foundation. And, and if the foundation is no good, what's, is the house any good? The house is going to eventually crumble. No matter how beautiful the house is, if, if you're, it's built on the wrong foundation or a unsolid or foundation or a foundation that is cracked, that house could wind up someday tumbling, being crooked and come down. But the foundation that God laid in our life is the foundation of Christ Jesus, the love of God in our lives. And when we know that we're being built up on Jesus Christ, on the Word of God, we're being built on a secure, solid foundation that will not fail or falter. And so we know that what God builds will will endure and will last because He's building it on Christ and in Christ and he gives us also, he builds us up, part of the way he builds us up too is that he puts gifts within us, giftings within us. And that's why it's important to understand your gift that God has given you. How many of you still remember your gift that you have from the gifts that we said? Raise your hand if you remember your gift. If not, you get, need to get the tape and go back over it and remember it. And now you have to use those gifts. And God works, he works through a, Giving us new hearts and new spirits. That's all part of building us up new creation. The Bible says when we came to Christ, we are new creations. New creations in Him. God is rebuilding. He's, he, he's rebuilding us. And so He rebuilds us. He gives us a new heart. He gives us a new spirit. You know, it's like getting a new motor. Now, if you had a 19, say, whatever, I don't know, an old car, and you got a brand new motor and put it in it, and you can say, well, that's good, a new motor, but it's an old car. The doors can't close all the way. I had a car one time, I'm telling you, it was a, it was a, going way back, it was a Pinto Ford, and I couldn't, you couldn't, it was a joke. I mean, it was, I have it on video, and I gotta submit it to, to, to the, to the funniest, what is the funniest home videos, something like that. I couldn't close the door. The guy on that side had to get out to close the door, run around on his side, and he couldn't close the door. I had to get out of mine to go close his door. And it was like going back and forth. It was a joke. You know, and so God doesn't take a new motor and put it into, you know, just into a, a old old thing. 
He gives us a new motor. He gives us a, he gives us a new heart and a new spirit. So it's like us having a new vehicle inside. God has, God has done a whole new work inside of us. He's taken out your heart of stone. He says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. And that is what God starts to build upon. A new heart, a new spirit on a foundation of love. He pours gifts into your life and He wants to build something beautiful out of your life. God is at work constantly in our lives if we allow Him to and put ourselves into that place. Lindsay, go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 22. Genesis chapter 2, verse 22. Where we were in Romans, it says that, that He is able to build you up. The word build there is the, is the same word that means in, in Genesis chapter 2, 20, ver, chapter 2, verse 22, we know this account, we've read it, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman. The word made, if you go look it up, means built. God took man's rib and built a woman from that rib. He built a woman and brought her and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now we under, we take this verse and we always apply it to weddings. The two, and it's a good verse for weddings. It's a great verse for weddings. And the two shall be cleaved they shall cleave to one another. They shall become one flesh. You ever see when they take the candles, their individual candles, and they light the middle candle signifying that they now become one, right? The two become one. They're, they're attached. They're like one. They cleave to each other. But it says that God took Adam's rib and built a woman out of that rib, and He then brought that rib back to Adam, and Adam says... You know, this is, I gotta cleave to this. This is wonderful. This is great. Right? And so, when we, when we understand that, I just want you to understand this. That Adam said that they would, they would cleave and be one with each other. That God, God did the work. Didn't He? God did the work and built, uh, Eve. The Word of God says to us, when we think of cleaving, and, and being built. The Bible says God wants to build us, to build us up, to build us as, uh, as, uh, to become. The Bible says that we are to be as the body, but we become the body of Christ, but we become also, the Bible says that we become the bride. God has made us to be the bride of Christ. Right? Is that what the Bible says? We are to be the bride of Christ. God, through Christ Jesus, when Jesus was on the cross too, and they pierced him in the side, and the blood and the water flowed, flowed out of him. And when Jesus died, it was through Christ that God was able to take you and I and to build our lives and present us to Jesus Christ to make us one with him. How many of you know that when we're born again, we're one with Jesus Christ? 
We become one with Him. He comes into our lives. And the Bible says we are to, as just as Adam had to cleave, he had to leave mother and father and cleave to the one that God made, uh, built out of that rib. The Bible tells us that even the Bible says that if you forsake mother and father to follow Jesus, to become one with Him, he, the Bible says he'll, he'll add blessing unto you. God has taken us out of this world out of Christ, through Christ, He has made something special out of us and He has presented us, He's presented us to Christ and in Christ we become one and we need to cleave to Jesus. And everything else has to become, in a sense, secondary. Now, do we love our mothers and fathers? Yes, we do. Do we have to provide for them and care for them? Yes, we do. But the most important thing in our life is our relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to cleave to the Word of God because God has set us apart and He's building us up and He's presenting us. The Bible says He presents us as the bride to Christ that we shall become one with Him. And so the, the Word, when it says built up, we have to understand that God is building us up, making us desirous to cleave to Christ. And the Bible says Adam said, you know, or God said, that the woman needed, he needed to cleave to the woman, right? And shall cleave unto his wife. Jesus has chosen to cleave unto you and I, to the bride. And he's never going to let us go. The Bible says, whatever the Father has put into this hand, there's no snatching away. Because you're, he's cleaving onto you, holding on to you. And he wants nothing to separate you from him. Although things will try. The enemy will always try to come and separate a wife from a husband. The enemy will always come to try and separate the husband from the wife. He's a destroyer of relationships. That's his thing because God is relational. God is concerned about relationships, good relationships, healthy and strong. And God doesn't want anything to come in between relationships. And God goes on to say that let what God has put asunder, let uh, together let no man put what? Asunder. And it says, woe to the man who tries to get in between a relationship and divide it or destroy it because it's ungodly and it's not the plan of God. God is for, for relationships to hold together and to cleave together. And so it is with the body of Christ. God wants you to cleave to the Word of God, to the body of Christ, to Jesus, and He doesn't want anything separating us from the Word of God or the body of Christ. And that's why the devil will come and try to tell you to stay home on Sunday. Don't let your gifts operate in any way. He'll try to get you to separate you from your relationship with the Word of God. God wants to build us up. And part of the way that we build ourselves up uh, is by allowing the Word of God to be received in our lives. Part of the way is that in Jude, it says, uh, I'm, uh, in Jude 1.20, it says that we build ourselves up by praying in the Holy Spirit. Now we have to understand, and we'll come, we're going to start teaching on that a little later, about our building ourselves up in the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says that we need to pray in the Holy Spirit. That's what the Word of God says. And when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we're building ourselves up spiritually. We're putting ourselves in that place where God's Word is able to do more than we can ask or imagine and build us up. So we have to be willing to be built up. And putting ourselves and praying, sometimes we don't know how to pray, and we pray in the Holy Spirit too, and it it begins to build us up. 
Secondly, in Ephesians chapter 4, Lindsay, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and we're going to read down through 16, but Ephesians 4, verse 11, God's desire to build your life depends upon you as an individual making a choice of putting yourself uh, in that place. Remember when we had the giftings? Remember we had the chart up here? And we had the list on this side, remember? Where it says that for, you know, God works uh, in, in the gathering of the church. And then we said there was the middle gifts, remember that? The apostle, prophet, the full-time ministry. And then on this side, remember, was the gifts for everyone, right? In the middle... God says that, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ, or the building up. God is concerned about building us up, making something wonderful out of your life. That is God's business, to build you up, not tear you down. God doesn't want to hammer you. God wants to let every good thing fill you to build you up because God wants to overflow your life. God knows that your life is special and precious to Him. There's value in your life. There's purpose in your life. And God wants to overflow you. So God wants to do everything He can to impart into your life so that He could build you up and make you a, a portal like a fountain. The Bible says, from, from your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And so, when you, when you subject yourself, when you bring yourself, and that's why God set in the body apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? For the perfecting their tools, their vessels that God uses. When you want to build something, you get the material, right? And the material is, is, is us. Fallen man. Sinful man. Just think about that. God has taken us when we were enemies with God. The Bible says that God came and redeemed us. He took fallen man, you and I, sinners, and He cleansed us up. And He's about to work in us now. And now He, he, he wants to fill us with His Word. And so He sets, He gets tools in place. And we said that things are love and, and, and all that. And then He sets up these ministries and He puts people in those places. No wooden statues, no totem poles with the word pastor on it. You know, he gets real people with new hearts and, and things that can speak and he, he sets them where? On the street corners? Does he set them in the saloons? Does he set them? Where does he set them? In the body of Christ. Right? When you go to church and in the body of Christ is where you'll find pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, and it says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. God has, a, has an ongoing vision, desire, project at work in your life. He wants to build you up by, through those things because when you set yourself in a church on a Sunday, you're hearing the what? The Word of God. And the Word of God is able to build you up. When you go to Sunday school, you're hearing what? The Word of God. The Word of God is able to build you up. When you come out to the other various functions that we have, you're submitting yourself to where you can be built up in your most holy faith. Scroll up, Lindsay, verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, 
unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. What is God trying to build? He wants, you know, Jesus, we cannot see Jesus as he was when he walked the face of the earth, can we? But God calls us the body of Christ. And when we're all cleaved one to another, and when the gifts that God has put within us begin to flow, and they can only flow when we understand what they are, and what we have, and how we use them, how can we put them into action, when the gifts are flowing, you're able to see Christ in our midst in a very tangible, touchable way. When we pray with one another, the hand of the Lord is upon us, and we're, we're believing. And so God's purpose is to bring you and I into the fullness so Christ can be seen in our midst. People hunger for that. People long to be touched by, by God. I'm telling you, people don't want to come to church uh, just to, to, for show or just because it's a thing to do. People want to come and be touched and changed and transformed. They want God to reach into the depths of where they're hurting, to the questions that are deep on their mind. They want God to come and touch them. And if the, if we as the body of Christ are not operating out of sincere love and letting the giftings flow, we walk away from that saying, feeling disappointed kind. But when when the body of Christ is functioning the way God desires it to be, and it can be, then the, then things happen. The Spirit of God moves, and people know that they've been touched by the Lord. And so God wants to build us up to the stature of the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ, when Christ walked on the face of the earth, what did we say about the gifts? He operated in what? All the giftings. All the gifts flowed out of Christ, and what happened to the people's lives as a result of that? Everyone that Jesus met walked away healed, whole, transformed. They walked away different. When they encountered and touched Jesus, they were never the same. There were those who rejected him, who did not receive him, and they walked away the same, were more angrier, or more hateful, or more bitter. But those that received the Lord and wanted to touch the Lord, they were changed and transformed. Read it. Read your Bible. Jesus makes a difference in your life and in the lives of people around us. That's why God wants the body of Christ, the church, to manifest through one another the fullness of Christ. That's why we need mercy. That's why we need servers. That's why we need teachers. That's why we need the the prophetic. That's why we need all those gifts to come together because it's the fullness of Christ in operation. We can't, in our in and of ourselves, make all those things come out. But together, we can make those things. We need encouragers. We need teachers. We need all that. And then, we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. People are lying in wait to deceive you, to try and pull you away from the Word of God, from church and everything else. Uh, but speaking the truth in love, and the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free so that no man can deceive you. When you know the Word of God, you set yourself in that place, you cleave and attach to the body of Christ where there's sincere love, where the Word of God is being taught in truth, then speaking the truth in love may grow up in Him, into Him in all things which is the head even Christ, verse 16, 
from whom the whole body, the whole body, not part of the body, not just the hand, not just the brain, not just the eye, but the whole body fitly joined together. You know what fitly joined together means? Working together with one another. Right? I'm not fighting you. You're not fighting me. We're, we're fitly joined together. We're a team. You know, there, there's power in team. It, when, when we come together as a team, the Bible, you know, the, it's known that you, you, uh, if a chain is linked up, you can't break it. But you take one link, you know, you start working it that way. But the Bible says that He wants us to be fitly joined together. The word there again is cleave. Stuck together to one another. That we belong together. We're the household of faith. We, we need each other. We gotta link up with each other and knowing that your link, you know, I need your link. Because your link connects to the next link and the next link. And together we become strong. And so it's a fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. You're a joint. You ever been called a joint? That you're a joint. You're joined together. That every joint supplieth. In other words, every one of us supplies something to the body of Christ. Every one. And so that's why we cleave together because we all have a supply of something to give to the body of Christ. And when we all supply, it says, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Every part. Say, I'm a part. I'm a supply. You are. You're a part and you're a supply in the body of Christ and to the body of Christ. And the effectual, meaning you're effective. That which God put in you is effective. If you let it flow out, it will make a difference. It will, it will cause something good to come about. Don't lock it up within you. Gotta to link together and let it flow. Let the supply come out because it's effectual working in the measure of every part. Making increase of the what? Making increase. When we link together, join together and let the gift, let God build us and let that gifting flow, it builds the body of Christ. You know, uh, an athlete, when he starts exercising, he's building up his what? His muscles and everything, right? So God wants us to, to increase in the body, not increase in fat and laziness, but to increase in productivity and, and love and, and increase in the things that are good uh, unto the body, uh, in, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself, meaning the building up of itself. When we link together and when we let our gifts flow together in love, we're building up ourself and the body of Christ. And, but it all has to be done what? In, in love. So God wants to build us up. And He wants to build us up together. We need each other. We need to cleave to the body of Christ. Put ourselves in that place where we can uh, hear the Word of God, be taught the Word of God, and so that God can grow us. And just go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, Lindsay. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. And it says here, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which ye heard of us, you received it not as the word of man or men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectively worketh also in you that believe. 
When you receive the Word of God and believe it, that it's not the words of man, but it's the Word of the living God, when you receive that into your life, it effectually works in you. So, you see, when you take hold and believe the Word of God, God begins to work in your life effectively. Effectively, why? Because everything that God gives and imparts into your life is good and powerful and with perp has a purpose. God doesn't bring you into His love and into His presence. God hasn't given you a new life for no reason. Just to have you hang out there and wonder, now what do I do? Now what do I... God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And so when you receive the Word of God, it begins immediately to work effectively in your life. But to know that God has wants us to join together with one another. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why? Because it's the body that Christ is, that God is working at to build up and to bring increase. And one more verse in first, uh, in Colossians chapter one, verse number 16. Colossians chapter one. Colossians one, verse six which is come unto you as it is in all the world. And bring it. he goes on to say the Gospel up in verse 5. He says, The Word of God, the Gospel of Christ, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. From the beginning of the day when you first received the Word of God, heard it and believed it, it immediately began to do a good work in your life. And it's bringing forth, and as it says here, and bringing forth what? Fruit in your life. What is the fruit that it's bringing forth? The gift that God has put in your life, if that comes forth, if that flows out of you, it produces. It produces something for the glory of God. It produces fruit for God's glory. And in the Gospel of John, we're not going to turn to that, but the Lord says, I pray that, that you will bring forth fruit and that your fruit will remain. God wants that which is in us not to to go away or to be shut up, but that it will flow and remain, that it will keep flowing, that it will continually be growing because God is bringing forth wonderful things through your life. God loves you. God God has a purpose and a plan for your life to bring forth something good. But it says it is able. Are Are you willing question is, are we willing to allow God to bring that forth in our lives? We have to be willing how? By renewing our mind so we understand that God is about a good work in my life. He wants the gifting He put in me to overflow my life so that my life can touch the lives of others. And He goes on to say that. And uh, the Word of God is seed. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God is seed. When the Word of God is in your life, it will produce. Something good will grow and come out of that life. And your life, you will know your life is valuable. People pay good money to go to seminars seminars and everything else to learn how to succeed in business, how to, to make more money, and all this here. Now, why do they do that? Because the bottom line is not the money. People can become billionaires and still not be happy or satisfied. What are they searching after? They'll go to seminar, they'll put themselves in a place 
where they think their mind could be renewed so they can know, gain knowledge, and understand how to succeed, how to get a promotion, how to get more money, how to do this. And some of them will will put into practice everything they're told, everything that they hear, they'll put into practice and use, and some will succeed, some will gain great incomes and become millionaires and whatever. But what are they really seeking after? They're really seeking after uh, someone to say, You're, you did good. That they want to be validated and affirmed. They don't care. It's not so much about the money. It's that they want to, they want, some people go to the, the extreme where they, it's all about them and they just want that ego to be puffed up and say how wonderful they are. But most people want to get affirmation. They want the people to say, wow, you did good. You really succeeded. You, you're of value. There's something good about your life. But the Lord has been doing that all along to say there's something valuable and precious about your life. And if this said, I want to tell you something, if the Bible says, if Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you a millionaire, you know how many people will be coming to this seminar? I'll tell you, this, this, this will be filled. If it says this is the key to making a million dollars right here, guaranteed, you could, put, you could charge $100, $200, and I guarantee you these seats will be filled. But the Word of God gives you more than money. God says that your life, I'll make your life more valuable and more precious, that people will be so blessed by your life that you you won't be able to, you know, when one sinner repents, it says the whole heaven rejoices. When you touch a life in a way that money can't touch it, seminars can't touch it, doctors can't touch it, psychiatrists can't touch it, when you touch a person's life, in such a way, there's no you can't put a, a, a monetary price on it. When Jesus came into my life and changed me around, he did with nothing else, what no one or nothing else can do. And that's why God gives giftings and makes the body of Christ come alive, because he wants to touch lives and tra- change and transform lives in such a way that is, is to knowing that you are precious, you have purpose, you have value, and that not only you're, you're valuable, but you're valuable to, to the person next to you and to the body of Christ that they can't do without you. That's why the body says, don't stay away. Come together. The body needs you. We need each other. And together, we come together. Our lives are changed and transformed, and the lives of others are changed and transformed. But you have to put yourself into that place where the Bible says in Romans 12 that your, your mind... This has to be what? Renewed. Thinking the way God thinks. That God is building me up for something wonderful and something good. It's already there. He's already at work. He's already bringing forth something good. And so what do we need to do? We need to put ourselves in that place of hearing the Word of God. Not just hearing it. The Bible, James says what? Don't be hearers of the Word only, but be what? Doers. In other words, activate what you hear. You got a gifting in you. You heard it. You know it. You know it's there. Then do it. Let it flow out. Let it come out. Touch somebody's life. And so as we believe, we become believers of the Word of God that changes our lives. God is at work. God is a builder. He's building us up. Do you want God to build you up? Lift your hand if you want God to build you up to do a good work in your life. We all do. We all want God to build us up, but we have a part to play. 
we have to put ourselves in that place. We have to join with one another to say, yes, let's, let's do this. Let, let our giftings flow out to one another. All right? Amen. God is good. He is able. He is able. Can we all stand this morning?